everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. He's an award-winning broadcast veteran, a lecturer, motivational speaker, president, and entrepreneur, having garnered some of Christendom's finest as clients, some of which include Amy Grant, Sandy Patty, but perhaps more than any other, his longtime relationship with iconic entertainer Pat Boone, whose hit radio show he has faithfully produced and syndicated for the past 39 years and counting and can be heard on over 50 stations nationwide and to award-winning acclaim. Add to this, my next guest is also a Navy veteran, general aviation pilot, yachtsman, and media consultant for both radio and television, including the Israeli government. But perhaps more important than all of this, he's a husband to his beautiful bride, Jean, an accomplished professional in her own right as a former Miss Illinois ballerina and Ford model. He's a father and grandfather, and at 85 years young and still going strong, this messianic believer is leaving a legacy in life and in Christ, which we will talk about Today, ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome to testimony a wonderful honor indeed, founder and president of Edward Lubin Productions, and so much more, Mr. Edward Lubin. Ed, if I may, welcome to testimony. Oh my gosh, was that all about me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jensen. It was all about you, but before we begin, I must give a shout out to our mutual fantastic friend, Wheel of Fortune's original hostess, Susan Stafford, who kindly connected us. First question, Edward Lubin. How did you, a Michigan Wolverines fan with a fabulous career, wife, and life, come to meet your beloved bride, Jean, Pat Boone, Catherine Coleman, and most important of all, Jesus? Yeshua, your oh. Messiah. Mr. Lubin, please tell us your story. It's, it's a pleasure. I, you know, I've been thinking about this. And, you know, these last few days, something very interesting has been happening. Uh, you know, as a Messianic Jew, this is what people need to hear. We Jews have a story, Gentine. And I, I've been watching television this last week, and one of the top Christian uh, TV networks has been on all week blessing the Jewish people, raising money for the 200 Ukrainian Jews, uh, Jewish families, trying to send them to Israel. It's magnificent what they're doing. And then also, on the show the other day, I heard John Hagee. He did a half hour with uh, Jewish flags with the Star of David on it, on the set. And Pastor Hagee just went on how much he loves the Jewish people, how we have to bless the Jewish people. And then he also mentioned uh, Genesis twelve thirty one, when God says, I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Very interesting, Jensen, because then Pastor Hagee 
reminded the audience about the Roman Empire, the Egyptian people, and what they did to the Jews and the Nazis. It's very, very interesting. And the reason I bring it up, because as a Jew, as you mentioned, I'm 85 years old, in great shape, but um, 75 years ago, that wasn't the case, Jensen. What we experienced was horrific as Jews right after the Second World War, when everybody understood about the Holocaust. Yeah. Incidentally, my father, who you know, was a very Jewish man, who, who his family had moved to America from the Ukraine, from Kiev. My father was born in Kiev, of all things. Wow. And the reason the Jews, his family escaped what was called the pogrom. Now, those of you who don't know what a pogrom is, basically it is killing Jewish people every day. That's what the Russians did. They were called pogroms. They'd come into Kiev. It's an interesting Kiev, right? It's in the, the news every day right now. Exactly. But the Russians would come in, kill the Jewish people, rape the Jewish women. And this this is what Jewish people knew. And, and nobody was there, Jensen. There was no Hagees there. There was no Christian television to say, stop this. What are you doing? And then, moving on, Jensen, 40 years later, when my dad was, uh, you know, I, I was home that day when I saw tears in his eyes when the Jews heard what had happened with Hitler killing six million of us. And there was nobody there, Jensen. There was no Hagee. There were no people blessing the Jewish people. Nobody cared. The Pope, nobody cared. Nobody at all. And this is what Jewish people have experienced. This is what I've experienced, watching the pain and suffering. In grade school, in high school, I was beaten up because I was a Jew. In college, in the Navy, I had all... I don't like the word anti-Semitism. I prefer to call it Jewish hatred because Arabs are Semites. So that's just the thing with me. But mm-hmm. moving along, when I was in my late 30s, and this is the excitement that happened with me, I walked into a room one day. I was living in Los Angeles. Uh, I was in broadcasting. Somebody invited me to meet a heart surgeon, a doctor. And now, as you know, Jensen, our, our goal, our, what we're supposed to do as believers, give it to other people, love other people, let them know what we know. And this is what this man did. I walked into the room as a Jew, and incidentally, the information about a Jew, I want to discuss this real quickly. The Jewish word for Jew is Yehudin. Now, above the cross, you remember the Romans wrote Melech HaYehudin, which means King of the Jews. Jesus was King of the Jews. He was King of the Jews 2,000 years ago. He's still King of the Jews. So, the word Yehudim, I looked it up, and the definition of Yehudim means one who believes in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, witnesses him, and uh, worships him. So I'll ask you, Zensin, do you believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Absolutely, yes. Guess what? You're a Jew. <laughs> now, that's strange to people, because, you know, Paul said it's called the way. So if you don't believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you're not a Jew. It's a definition. And Jesus, of all things, God sends his son into the world as a Jew? What does that mean? He believes in God. Long story short, when I walked in that room that day and met that incredible man, he was a heart surgeon, pretty famous heart surgeon. 
he knew how to love me, the Jew. He didn't ask me to repeat a prayer after him. He didn't ask me to walk down the aisle. He waited, and he waited, and it took time because I was a little shook. I, who is he? What is he? He was waiting for me to get the Holy Spirit. Ruach mm. is the Hebrew word for spirit. And so I would go to meetings, listen to him talk, and I, I always had something in my heart happening when I was around him. He was just a wonderful man of God, and a lot of people found God through him. And then Jensen had happened one night in 1976 that I remember uh, by myself. I wasn't married at the time. I was living in an apartment in L.A. I was lying on the floor watching television, and I happened to reach and saw a Bible. I opened it up. I didn't read one word, Jensen, but all of a sudden, the most incredible experience. My body went on fire. I, I just felt love and peace and joy. I had never experienced anything before then or since then like that. It lasted for about five, six minutes. I remember jumping up and running around my apartment saying, don't leave. What is this? What is this? I, I, wasn't, I didn't know about the Holy Spirit, but I knew something. God was doing something to me. And it was the most incredible feeling. I, to this day, I mean, just talking about it right now, I'm getting <laughs> excited. I wish I'd had it again. Amen. But anyhow, Cynthia, here's what happened. I ran to the phone and I called the doc. You know, I said, Doc, it happened. It happened to me. And bless his heart, he was a character. He said, oh, Ed, you're crying wolf. I, I got in my car. I raced to where he lived. And I, I walked in. He had a little library there. And there were some people there. And Jensen, I walked up to the dock. My face was about 12 inches away. He looked at me, and I saw tears coming down his eyes. And he said, the veil is gone. And all the other people who knew me, you know, everything got quiet. I said, what do you mean? What do you mean the veil? And he explained this to me, Jensen, right at the moment. Very interesting. The veil. Adam and Eve veiled themselves. That's the first mention of the veil. Remember they took uh, leaves? after they fell, and, yes. and they veiled themselves from God. The next mention of the veil is Moses comes down from Mount Sinai, and his face shone with such glory that they wanted him veiled. Paul speaks about this as well. Moses was veiled. Right. The next veil is Jesus coming veiled as a human being. And then the last mention of the veil is when he's on the cross. Remember the veil in the temple between the holy place and the holy of holies, that veil was ripped. Yes. Very bizarre. So that began my my time with the doc. I just stayed with him, and, and then the excitement started. I just want to let our listeners know, in case they've just tuned in, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Edward Lubin, uh, renowned uh, <laughs> broadcast veteran and producer of the uh, iconic Pat Boone Show and so many others. Uh, with us today, sharing his very powerful and impactful testimony. And I just wanted to allude to something you said uh, at the beginning of the program regarding the treatment of the Jews, the Holocaust, and where was everyone. And you know, the scripture that came to my mind as you were speaking was this, Hosea 4, 6, which states, My people are destroyed for lack of of knowledge, who knew what was going on and had those photographers not documented what went on, we may never have 
known, much like Richard Wormbrand, the pastor who wrote the book, who was imprisoned for 14 years and tortured, the book's name, Tortured for Christ. He came to America and stood before the Senate, and they didn't believe him. They didn't believe that people could be this cruel, this evil, until he took his shirt off, Ed, and showed them the horrific scars. Yet this man, full of Yeshua, full of Jesus, loved the enemy. And that's the uh, overarching testimony of his story. But yes, as a Christian, as a born-again Christian, I am so with you and the Jewish people. How could something so horrific happen? And the only thing I could think, Ed, is God has designated the Jewish people as his people. You are his people. And Satan would love nothing better than to destroy his people. But he's failed. He's a defeated foe. Anyway, back to you. More of your story. Yeah, and and you see, now that the Jewish people are seeing this love, I mean, come on, that should have been since the beginning. But remember, Paul said they were blinded for your sake. I mean, why didn't people understand that? But as I said, when I was a kid, all I heard was, you killed Jesus. You Jews killed Jesus. Well, how stupid. <laughs> Jesus said himself, I right. lay my life down. Nobody takes my life. Exactly. Body. And people should have said, thank you, Jews, for doing that at that precise Passover. Because had the Jews not done it then, turned them over to the Romans, you and I wouldn't be talking right now. But anyhow, back to the fun story. So the <laughs> doc, a couple of years go by, and one day he says to me, have you ever been to a church? I said, no. He said, because our ministry was not in a church. It was in his building, and another story, but it was wonderful. So one day he says to me, go to a church. He wants me to check it out. So I put a suit and tie on. I'm a single at the time. I look, and I find a church near where I live called Church on the Way in Los Angeles. I go there. The preacher was Jack Hayford. You know that name, don't you? Right, of course. Jack Hayford. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting in the next to last row. Now, Jensen, I used to wear on my ring finger, my left hand, a beautiful Star of David ring. It just was beautiful, a gold Star of David ring. So I'm sitting in the next to last row, and evidently I put my left hand over the seat next to me. An hour goes by, the service is over, I stand up, and somebody taps me on the back. I turn around, it's a woman. And she says, excuse me, are you Jewish? She saw the Star of David ring, and it changed my life. Who was she? She was Pat Boone's wife. And standing next to her was Pat Boone and the four daughters, Debbie, Pat's four daughters. And I said, wow, I was so excited, Pat Boone. <laughs> and she said, she introduced me to Pat, and he wanted to take me out for lunch. I said, well, I'd love to. So all from the Star of David ring, Jensen. <laughs> now, here's the other fun part about it. The other fun part, as I'm going to my car, we're going outside, and there's two people standing there. And I noticed them. They're television stars. Chuck Woolery and Susan Stafford. And Shirley Boone says to me, oh, yes, this is Susan Stafford and Chuck Woolery. How are you? Oh, hello. Susan, was, she was a beautiful, beautiful, and we're still friends, the two of us. So a couple years go by, and I come up with this idea of the radio show. And for 45 years now, Pat and I have been business partners. But here's the other fun thing. Chuck Woolery and I become friends. And I was flying airplanes then, and I took him for plane rides. And one day, about three years after we met, we're skiing, and on the way back from skiing, Chuck says to me, are you ever going to get married? I don't know. 
I got a girl for you. <laughs> he fixes me up with a blind date. I call her. I make arrangements to meet her at a restaurant in L.A. Now, that's 19, it's about 1978 or so. Now, I have to go back to the story. Ten years before, 1968, I'm living in Manhattan. I'm single. And I used to go to a bar owned by Joe Namath called The Bachelor's Three. Now, Namath didn't know me, but I used to have an afro hair and haircut and, you know, and a radio a radio guy. And I would just meet women there. And Namath was with this beautiful girl day after day. And one day I come in, she's gone. A few days later, she's not there. And I went up to Joe. I said, Joe, do you mind giving me her phone number? He did. I called her. She wanted no parts of it. A few days later, I saw her walking down the street in Manhattan, rushed up to her, wanted no parts of it. She was a big model. Her picture was all over Manhattan. Very successful, beautiful girl. So now, back to 1978. I go to meet this blind date that Chuck Willery picks me up with. She's sitting in the front of the restaurant. Hi, pretty blonde. We go and we sit down, both things. And before we said a word, she looked behind me and saw somebody she knew, and she said, hi, how are you? I turn around, it's Joe Namath. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, what? Yeah. I said, I turned around and said, you're the girl from 10 years ago. Oh, my God. Oh, and we laughed and oh, we laughed, but here's the fun story. I dated her for about two or three months, but it wasn't to be. And on one of our last dates, she invites me to a party, and after the party, we're standing there, and she introduces me to a friend of hers who's now my wife for 39 years. <laughs> oh, wow. Look at how God works. Unbelievable. From Chuck Woolery and Pat Boone, my life changed that day. That is amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, again, you're listening to Edward Lubin, uh, renowned producer of the Pat Boone Show and so much more. Um, Ed, you mentioned meeting Catherine Kuhlman. Tell our audience about oh. that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I forgot about that. Um, this, this is incredible. But one day, Doc started to talk. There was about 30 of us in the room, and he said, he, he reminded us that he was prayed over by a woman in, in Los Angeles named Catherine Coleman. The moment he mentioned that name, my face lit up. I said, I know that name. And, and he looked at me. He saw me. He said, Ed, what is it? I said, Doc, oh, my God. Uh, let me tell you what happened. And here's what happened, Sensei. Forty years before, I was like 10 or 11 years old, 1948, 49 or 50. My dad at the flower shop would give me this bouquet of flowers, and I was to deliver it to a church a block away from our flower, my dad's flower shop in downtown Pittsburgh. And my dad said to me, Ed, I want you to give it to Catherine Kuhlman. Go into the door next to the steps. He showed me where to go. And all this is coming back to me as Doc mentioned that name. And then I told him, I walked in one day and there was a whole bunch of men there. They parted. I was a small boy at the time. And this woman came over and it was Catherine Coleman. She put her hand on my head and prayed. And when I said that to Doc, it said, Ed, I always wondered who prayed you into the kingdom. So, now listen to this. That night, that night, I was so excited when I I remembered, I could see her her name written on the sales slip that my dad wrote 
anything with Kay. I knew it was Kay, Kay, Catherine Coleman. So that night I called Pittsburgh. My dad had a truck driver who was a wonderful friend of mine. And I found him. His daughter answered the phone. And his name was Bill. I said, Bill, he's not well, Mr. Lubin, but you should put him on the phone. I, I said, Bill, how are you? I said, Daddy, how are you? I said, Bill, I have to tell you something. I've become a Christian. Because the flower shop was half Jewish and half Catholic. And, you know, in, <laughs> in the late 40s, that was a, that was a strange thing. And mm. I wanted to te- ask him about Catherine Coleman. And he says to me, Ed, that doesn't surprise you. What do you mean, Bill? And he said, Ed, Senior says, Ed, do you know the name Catherine Coleman? I said, Bill, what are, what are you talking about? He said, Ed, she loved your father. She would come by the flower shop and take him out for coffee. Oh, my God, Jensen. She was ministering to my dad. Oh, wow. And he, Catherine Coleman, incredible. Just that, incredible. That, <laughs> that is so, incredible. Yes. Yeah. Now, one, one last real quick story I have to tell you. Because a lot of people, you know, we Jews, uh, you know, when it happens to us, it's, it's, it's earth-shaking because of the years gone by of, of the hostility towards us. But when you know that you know, when you have the Holy Spirit, uh, it's a different thing. And I want to explain to people, you know, a lot of people pray for their parents, and they have this obligation. And I prayed for my mom and dad. They were living in a nursing home, a Jewish home for the ages, in Columbus, Ohio. Here I am in L.A. I never got to see them. Now, the night my father died, I got a call from my brother-in-law, who was very Jewish, and he called me. And I'm living in L.A. This was 1987. And he says, Ed, uh, your father's in a coma. We don't expect him to live through the night. And I said, oh, Bob, thank you. And I, I had a few tears. I got up the next morning, and I called. Bob answered the phone. I said, how is it going? to said, Ed, Dad died last night about 4 o'clock in the morning. I said, oh, mm-hmm. thank you, Bob. And then Jen C. said to me, Ed, I have to tell you something. Please hold the line a second. I want to go in the other room. No cell phone those days. He had a phone. I said, what? He said, Ed, right before this happened, your mom, who was in a wheelchair, said to me, it's like 4 o'clock in the morning, I want to see my, my husband. Please take me into the room. And my dad was laying there in a coma. And Bob said to me, I wheeled your mother up. And just as I did, your dad lifted himself up on his elbow, looked at her and said, Yetta, I love you. Laid back down and died. I said, Bob, thank you for telling me that. I mean, shocked they remembered to tell me that. So I get off the phone and I call the doc, of course. And the doc says to me, Ed, that's a very good thing that the last conscious thought on your father's heart and mind was love for his wife. He said that could be the only thing God ever asked him to do. So that was that was wonderful. Wow, that so, is uh, so powerful. That's now, so just another minute, because i got to tell you the best. Yes, please. Now, 10 years go by. 10 years go by. My mother's got the disease. Um, she, the, the nurse told me she wasn't speaking. She was in a wheelchair. And uh, so one day, I, I called the nursing home, and I, I told the nurse, I'm coming to Columbus. I want to see my mother. She said, okay. So I flew to Columbus, got up that morning, went to the nursing home, the nurse had my mother in a, in a little room, a library room. My mother was in a wheelchair. I walked in. The nurse stood to my left, sat down. My mother's wheelchair. She didn't recognize me. She didn't know me. 
And the nurse says, Mr. Lubin, she doesn't talk. So I said, okay. I said, I've only come to pray over her. And I said to the nurse, I'm going to pray in another language, so please. And the nurse says to me, oh, are, you, are you a Christian? You know, here I am, a Jewish nurse in the home. Yeah. She said, oh, my gosh. So make a long story short, I put my hand on my mother's head. I start praying in tongues. And my mother turns her head to me and says, don't speak to me in that language. And the nurse says, she's never talked. So I said, Mom, it's okay. God loves you. And my mother said, no, he's mad at me. And so I'm praying in tongues. And then I made it quick. I said, dear God, that's my mother. And then I said, and I very rarely use the name Jesus. I always hear Yeshua. But I said, Lord Jesus, come into this nursing home. Bless these people. In Jesus' name, amen. I kissed my mother, said goodbye to the nurse, flew home. Next day, Jen said, I get a call from the nurse. I'm in L.A. Mr. Lubin, she's crying on the phone. Mr. Lubin, you can't believe what just happened. What? I just, I heard your mother talking. I walked into her room, the anointing, I couldn't breathe. She was standing up, all dressed, and she was saying, get him back. He was just here. Please get him back. And she said, uh, I said, Mr. Lubin, you know Saul's not here anymore. And she said, not Saul, Jesus. He was just here. Oh, my God. What? He said, Mr. Lubin, the anointing in the room, I couldn't believe it. Thank you so much. And Jen, she says to me, well, remember yesterday you asked him to come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Wow. And then again, of course, the next day she called. My mother passed away that night. So unbelievable what I've experienced with Pat Boone and all has been a blessing. And now I met you again, Dane, and what a wonderful work you're doing. I just found out more about you, but it's just a blessing what you're doing. And I thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you. The honor has been all mine. I wish we had more time. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to CEO and founder of Edward Lubin Productions, veteran broadcaster, entrepreneur, and for the last 39-plus years, producer of The Pat Boone Show, heard on over 50 stations nationwide, replete with great musical guests, brief testimony, and scriptures, and all hosted by that, quote, voice known and loved by millions, the incomparable Pat Boone. You can learn more about Edward Lubin's work, ministry, and mission by visiting edwardlubin.com and get connected for quality programming and resources. You will be blessed that you did. Mr. Lubin, Ed, sir, what an absolute joy, honor to bring your voice to testimony for such a time as this, not only in support of your heralded work on behalf of so many, but also your own story in life and in Christ, and really of how God puts people together for His purposes, both Jew and Gentile, as you have so successfully achieved and continue to do for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jesus, Yeshua, (laughs) our Messiah, and soon coming King. We thank you. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensen Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. 
If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony with